Marketing, entrepreneurship, and all things small business. You're listening to the Profit 911 Podcast. Now, here's your host, Justin Miller. We're back, and it is the direct mail episode. Yay! And my pro- favorite. Probably one of many. Yeah, sounds, my favorite. Sounds boring, but makes a huge difference. So what many of you probably don't know is in the past uh, 10 months, 11 months, uh, we went from a strictly digital agency to a online, offline integrated agency. What that means is we got about 3,000 square feet of area just dedicated to printing out marketing for people and mailing it. Yeah, you are you are using a lot of paper in this place. When I walked in, I was like, I mean, I knew that you had transitioned. I'd been here since we did a podcast last, but it has really expanded. I mean, there's it, the, just the sheer amount of space you need to do that part of the business versus the all digital stuff. I'm amazed how much you've got going on here yeah i mean pallets of paper and envelopes it's a, it's a new mm-hmm. thing new thing we had Yay. to buy had to buy a pallet jack not not a forklift yet but a pallet jack <laughs> <laughs> no uh there's there's a lot going out and the, and the reason is because it works and uh there, there were a couple studies in the interim during COVID. actually and i, I wish i would have looked up the stats for you guys but you'll have to go with generalities um but the post office ran one about uh, emotional connection to physical mail pieces and, and said that you know now more than ever people are impacted by receiving a physical piece of mail. Uh, we rarely got any to start with, uh, and, and it dropped off. Yeah. So there, there was barely any going out in, like, Q2 of, of 2020. It's picked back up a little with marketers. But in general, it's still vastly, vastly underused uh, for small businesses in, in particular to show up in the mailbox. So I think my mail is mainly, uh, you know, credit card offers <laughs> Hey, we're we're here when you need us. Here's some checks, please. You know, mm-hmm. run, run up your <laughs> yep, run up your uh, balance on your card. We we would love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like multiple a day. It's kind of funny actually. Um, but yeah, you can definitely uh, use it for your business, and it's something that we help a lot of people for. And and I wanted to take this episode to share just a few different ways people are regularly using direct mail uh, in service based businesses primarily, and uh, how you can model that. So the very first thing. And this goes back to last year, too. So the very first thing everyone should have done when things hit the fan was do everything they can to retain current clients. And direct mail can play a huge role in connecting with and keeping your current clients. And beyond that, once you keep them, you want them to refer. So these were the very first two things we focused on when uh, things went south. Uh, it was how do we keep who we have as much as possible? How, how do we provide value? And a lot of, a lot of our offers switched. Uh, to be more relevant to what people wanted. I know a lot of businesses started providing services they wouldn't ordinarily provide. You know, maybe they weren't as profitable. Maybe they were a pain in the ass to deliver. Uh, but things that typically we wouldn't want to do in, in our business model the way it was, we were willing to do because you know, we got to get through this. Yep. Uh, we're all in this together. Uh, how can we help people? And a lot of our vendors did that for us too. You know, it's you know, typically we don't provide this as part of your service, but now we'll offer X, Y, Z in addition to what you typically pay for. And it was much appreciated, uh, but the bottom line is it was an effort to retain clients. Um, so referral marketing, perhaps you know this from just being around me or the same teachings, but do you know what, you know, the number one direct mail thing I recommend for referral marketing is? Uh, am I going to be wrong if I say testimonial? No, there should be testimonials laid throughout it. 
physical mail piece going out the door. Client newsletter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking ahead. Yeah, I should know that because I get yours. <laughs> you also I like had, clockwork. You also had templates to send out <laughs> for the other business. That's true. Um, but it's twofold. The purpose of that client newsletter, first off, every month in the mail, and I think we missed one last year just due to nonsense, which we really shouldn't have. Uh, we won't again. My staff will give me a hard time on it. Um, but it serves it serves two purposes. From the business standpoint, is to retain to make sure you stay top of mind, and to teach people to refer. How does it teach? I mean, I I get keeping top of mind. How does it teach someone to refer you to someone else? Good question. Uh, You should be thanking publicly the people that did refer. Essentially, you're telling people that, hey, in this company, this is how we behave. So you're you're basically encouraging the behavior you want to see. Exactly. I mean... We both have small kids. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's basic human psychology. You yep. know, reward the behaviors you want. Uh-huh. I guess we don't, like, public, publicly punish people in the newsletter. <laughs> Be, Shame them. Good way, to get, good way to get rid of a client. You point, point out a category that you hate working for or something. That would be a surefire way to make yep. them go bye-bye. Um, no, but, yeah, thank, thank the referrals that came in. Uh, do a little mini case studies every once in a while. A lot of people get caught up in like what the content of the newsletter is. So I always recommend like a four page self mailer. And when people hear that, like, oh God, four pages, that's, that's a lot of stuff. It's going to be a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And it is if you start from scratch, but uh, a lot of people want to put too much content in it. So four page, 80% of this thing should be just to entertain. So if you recall in our newsletter, a previous one, at least, you know, there were, Crosswords, comics, jokes, memes, mm-hmm. yep, uh, Sudoku, uh, things that people would actually enjoy getting. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, it wasn't all just educational because guess what? We can get education anywhere. True. Yeah, we we got we got Google at our fingertips. <laughs> we yes, we want to have a little in there, but for the most part, what do people like to do? Be entertained. Scroll on TikTok, you know, whatever True. it is. By the way, are you on TikTok yet? I am. I never use it. It replaced Snapchat in my little little folder of apps. But yeah, I'm not a heavy user. All right. Well, three hours in and you will. I'm afraid of that. Stay away. Maybe that's why I'm not. Don't give it the three hours. Yep. Uh, Yep. Yeah. No. So newsletter, 80% entertainment, 20-minute education slash promotion of services. Uh, We heavily laid out our current one, like, kind of comical. We have, like, mascots in it for different columns. So... You know, behind the scenes, we have Awesome Dinosaur. So if you're on our mailing list and you start, you see the T-Rex uh, with Awesome, he's kind of our mascot. We don't ever come right out and say it, but we do hide him in a lot of promotional pieces. <laughs> uh, what other characters do we have in ours? We have Direct Mail Donkey, which is more appropriate now than ever because USPS is being really slow on delivery. Um, we have Plundering Pete and his sale of the month. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, we got a sales column, Tom's take my money tips, but yeah, I mean, we, we've tried to make it as fun as possible and we probably have a little more education in ours than we probably should. It should lean a little more towards entertainment, but we have some as well. So monthly client newsletter. Now, who should you mail that to? Well, number one clients, obviously, but who else you think should be on that one? Maybe people you'd like to be your client. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So prospects are an interesting category. Uh, I would not blindly mail a newsletter to prospects unless it was one that was specifically designed for prospects. Um, 
if you have a long sales cycle, like it takes someone six, 12 months to make a decision and they've inquired, then yeah, I would put them on that newsletter list for a defined length of time, uh, barring them buying. If they buy, they're on there forever. Um, but in general, you know, unless they, they've requested something, they know who you are, I wouldn't necessarily go cold. Um, referral sources are, are huge. So someone that you know could refer people to you that is not currently doing so. Mm-hmm. I got friends and family on mine too, just because why not? If, if you start, if you're just starting this and you're a small business, kind of the minimum quantity I like to see go out the door is at least 200 pieces to have any impact whatsoever. So if you don't have 200 people on the client list, you know, just add people you know who are influencers in your community. Yeah, maybe some political people that might be able to toss you a bone here and there. Um, 200, by the way, I say minimum. There is really no maximum. We have clients whose mailing list is 5,000 pieces. It just depends what scale you're playing at. And it's the same strategy regardless. And it doesn't matter what business category. So we have every category imaginable and the same rules apply. So I don't care if you're a, a dog groomer or a surgeon. Mm-hmm. 80% entertainment, 20% education, four-page self-mailer. Uh, everything else is fairly irrelevant. It needs to be there, and there's tweaks. But uh, the bottom line is this is a piece to be in front of people, be in front of them consistently, and make you known to the people it matters to be known to. So I am not in a business right now where I'm face-to-face with a lot of people. But when I was people would reference the newsletter all the time. People that were on the newsletter list and then I saw in public somewhere, oh yeah, they, they'd reference it. Hey, we love getting your newsletter. So that's number one. If you can only do one, I would do a referral generating client print newsletter, not to be confused with email newsletter. Topic for another day. Yes, you should probably have one, but it is not a substitute in any way, shape or form. Once you've shored up your referrals and your retention, we got to start looking for clients. So we, we get into the category of prospecting pieces. So prospecting pieces should be regular mailings, not random sporadic acts when you all of a sudden are desperate for business. Should go out the door. Most people, this is a monthly type promotion um, and it's multi-part. So what it looks like depends. But it should be at least three contact points. Um, letter, letter, postcards are pretty common, you know, sequence. Uh, and you could do 14 days apart. You could do a month apart. It depends, again, on your, on your sales cycle. Uh, but not one-off. needs to be a series. Uh, we have some clients that just do postcards every month. So every month, same list, postcard, you know, maybe four different designs, four different messages, and just cycle through. So those messages don't have to be identical. If it's, you know, postcard, letter, letter, they're yeah, related, it, but they're not the same. Yeah, no, if you're, if you're in a series of three, they probably should be offering something and promoting with consistent messaging. Uh, and it's, you know, you need to have a match between who you're mailing to and what the message is. So let's, I took that for granted. Uh, but, it, you know, it should be regularly mailing. So, for instance, we have a probate attorney in Florida that's a client. And one of his potential referral sources is uh, personal injury attorneys. So someone gets in a car wreck or something, dies, there's a probate mess. A mm-hmm. uh, personal injury attorney needs probate cleared up mm-hmm. uh, before they can get paid and you know, the assets of the estate are released. Um, so we're mailing 
a selected, hand-selected list of PIs every single month. And he will do that forever as long as enough referrals come in that offset the cost of that campaign. Uh, will we tweak it over time? Yeah. But out the gate, version one, four different designs, we'll rotate through them. And we will repeat. And we will know that, you know, maybe three-fourths of those went in the garbage, and that's okay. Um, we're, just, we're just looking for the ones that matter. So referral sources, you can also send to end potential clients. So if you have a lead list that has a good chance of buying with you, so uh, you're, the entertainment company is a good example because you would do trade shows and you'd have a list of potential buyers. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good one to do a repeat mailing to over and over and over again because you're trying to generate a lead out of the list um, that you know is a potential lead. So we don't call them a lead yet until they've requested something. So we, we want to send them things just to get their hand up. We're not trying to make a sale necessarily in the letter. We just, we're trying to get a contact that says, hey, I want some more information. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about what to do after someone requests that information. And how do you get started? If you aren't doing any of this, how do you get started without overwhelm? And now, now back to the Profit 911 podcast. With your host, Justin Miller. We are back talking about the foundational pieces of direct marketing. It's exciting when like someone actually responds and you mail something out. So it's easy to get caught in the weeds on this topic. It's easy for me to just start teaching. Uh, but the bottom line that's really cool is when you haven't been mailing and you start mailing and someone responds. <laughs> little rush that makes you want to do it more. Um, So we talked about referral marketing via client newsletters. We talked about different prospecting pieces and sequences. I will say on the prospecting side, um, you should mail at least a thousand pieces a month for prospecting. As long as you have any, as long as it's a full-time business, your mass should support a thousand pieces in the mail. If it doesn't, it'll start questioning the business model as a whole. (laughs) Yeah. But a thousand pieces a month minimum. Uh, We have clients that of course are doing multiple, multiple, multiples of thousands. Um, but it, it just depends what you're doing. So the whole goal of those is to get someone to inquire further. It's not to make a sale, it's to inquire further, assuming your process has some sort of consultative phase to it. So someone requests information. There's another piece that unless you come from like the Dan Kennedy or direct response marketing world, most people are missing. And that's what Dan refers to as the shock and awe package. Shock and awe package comes in many forms. You'll have people that are arguing the right versus wrong form of shock and awe package. Bottom line is something is better than nothing. And, and what I mean by this is a physically larger than an envelope mailing that has a thud factor when it goes on someone's desk. Mm-hmm. So it's heavy. Yep. Yeah, it's got something in it. I mean, an ideal piece to put in there is some sort of book or short book. But if you don't have books, so be it. Uh, it should contain promotional pieces. It should contain testimonials like you referred to earlier. Um, it should provide basically all the proof someone needs to believe you're legit and conserve their need, um, and, and whatever it takes. And the whole point of this is to show up different. So I'm curious, have you been on the receiving side of this before? Cause I can only think of a couple examples. Yeah. A couple different times. I can't tell you exactly who it was, but I, I do, I, I for some reason, call me weird. I like pens. <laughs> and I and I, I have drawers full of pens, whether it's radio stations or other businesses. I probably, you know, have tons of, of master entertainment pens. 
uh, I I remember I don't remember who it was, but there was there was a book in it, and there was a lot of other little stuff that I'm like I don't need any of this. And you look through the testimonials, and but I kept the pens. There were two pens, and I <laughs> I loved because they were nice pens. I was like they spend a little bit more on that, so they, it did make a difference. Because initially I was like, what in the heck is all this stuff? Yeah. In the book, I maybe read part of it, and but the pens, it, and I suppose for each person it's different. You. Maybe a letter opener with the, something that would be cool would, would get somebody else. But to me, those pens, I'm like, I still remember getting those pens. Yeah, it depends on the value of the sale, what you can put in there, right? Mm-hmm. The math has to support it. So so ours, yeah, the little tchotchkes that go in there. I think right now we currently have a little keychain flashlight. Uh, we have a Band-Aid dispenser with our logo that says stop putting Band-Aids on your marketing. Um, we have a green... Uh, knock off John Deere tractor in there with our logo on it, talking about where we're from here, headquarters of John Deere. Um, so it, it almost doesn't matter what is in there, just that something is, and it's kind of fun and it shows up different. Uh, I can think of two companies that have sent things that might kind of qualify as shock and all. One for sure, one kind of. The kind of one is uh, Delta Airlines. So I just, I just hit platinum status without like flying more than twice last year, which is kind of funny. Um, but they send out whenever you hit status, medallion status, they'll send out, it's just an envelope, it's a six by nine envelope. So it's kind of small in the world of shock and awe, but again, it's, it's the value. Uh, and it has several letters, you know, all your travels have led up to this, blah, blah, blah. And it's really nice. It has some gloss brochure pieces in there. And then they give you luggage tags for each mm. level. Mm. So they're the, whatever color you is. Um, so that, that's kind of nice. So it's not bolstering a sale. So it's not traditional shock and awe, but it definitely is is bolstering a feel and hopefully some loyalty. Um, the one I can think of that did it right, though, was a basement waterproofing company. So this particular one, we'll give them a shout-out, was Mid-American Basement Systems, who is is definitely led by a marketer. Uh, a marketer. So those of you that don't have basements <laughs> in your side, of the, in your area of the country, uh, we take on water in them here uh, in some cases. And, and basement waterproofing is a heavy labor service uh, it can be fairly pricey. Um, so they, they have to support the sale and, and some companies cost more. So this is a more premium level service provider, uh, but their package supported it. So I, I believe they had a pocket folder envelope in there. And this, this is a decade ago and I still remember it. Uh, they had a book on basement waterproofing science and it shows all the symptoms uh, and, and here's the products that can fix it. And uh-huh. this is why this is awful for your health. Uh, it contained testimonials. It contained a bio of the sales rep that was going to talk to you and, and why they were an expert in this. And it probably had some other supporting pieces that, that don't stick with me at this point because it was so long ago. But they definitely did it right, and they, they had it shipped out at the right point in the process. So this is key. So typically, Shock and Awe is used to support the sale. So it, it's sent out before you have a one-on-one sales appointment. So... Customer calls, inquires about service, sales appointment is set, or whatever you call your sales appointment is set. Um, as quick as humanly possible, shock and awe package gets in the mail, gets in the prospect's hands before they're on the phone. Does a couple of things. Number one, it makes the sales rep's job a heck of a lot easier. In fact, if you have the right prospect and the right shock and awe kit, we just really got to make sure the sales rep doesn't screw up the sale. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, which is ideal because the lesser skilled sales rep we can have, the more structured their job, the more predictable the outcome. 
That's the ideal situation. It doesn't always happen. But it definitely makes their life easier. Uh, it should support the higher in sale. It should look different than everyone else. Uh, and you know, ultimately, it, it just another thing in your favor of getting the job. So other things that are in ours at Profit 911, which, and now we'll give away the surprise, but it's the version one. Anyway, it'll change. So uh, I have a couple of books, but I, I don't like the current one for this particular business. So right now I'm sending a Dan Kennedy book and I've put a post-it note on the appropriate page that talks about basically the services we provide. Mm. And I say, read this. So even if you haven't written a book, you can still have the thud factor of a book. Um, we have testimonials. We have a new booklet we just worked on. There's some postcards in there. You know, there's what to expect at your appointment. On and on and on. In the DJ business, we had we had similar. We had a book that went out. Uh, we had a shiny envelope. So now we have a custom printed box because it's a higher price point sale. But shiny foil envelopes work great for version one of this. Uh, testimonial booklets, service brochure. I think there was a CD or a DVD, some multimedia element. Maybe you can help me. I, I'm sure it's changed or gone away at this point, but you know, there were a bunch of them. I think those were the key pieces in there. But enough yeah. to fill up like a 9 by 12 oversized envelope. Yep. With information, but not overkill. And there was enough, you know, right, the DVD or this, if it was a CD, they, yep. they want to listen to it, they want to watch it. Which, by the way, we still mail those, uh, knowing that a lot of people probably don't even have a player at this point. Uh, you could send a USB drive if you want. Ultimately, again, this is this is all about perception and giving something tangible to help support you know, the legitimacy of the company, really. So if someone is buying in a new category they haven't bought before and they contact five different people, you know, what do you have to set you apart when you sit down for that consultation? Assuming you aren't the low-priced leader, because it's hard to maintain that position, uh, this, this is one thing that's easy. Mm-hmm. easy enough and yeah it has some costs so a simple one landed with postage might be 10 bucks a more average one created landed with postage might be 20 to 30 dollars uh if you have a high-end sale it may be a hundred or two mm-hmm. it, it totally depends what you're doing um we had a client by the way doing prospecting letters with seven dollars cash attached to them so yeah you, you have to know your numbers to be able to do something like that yeah um, but shock and awe is your number one thing you could do to help support that salesperson or yourself. Uh, people get caught up in how many pieces have to go in. This is going to take forever to produce. You know, it sounds like overwhelm. Oh, my God. Version one's better than version none. Behind the scenes, those of us in the industry, you know, we'll say, okay, if you got nothing, seriously, so throw some crap in a box and call it good. Yeah. I mean, our just first, do something. Yeah. Our first version here was literally whatever like flyers and brochures we had from trade shows just thrown in the damn box with some trinkets and out the door. Mm-hmm. And people liked getting it. It's like literally the junk of our office. <laughs> well, yeah. But even now, like as we are winding down COVID and the pandemic, and you're talking earlier about mail, which like just direct mail, people like receiving mail, wanting to look at things. With a shock and awe package, they're going to, you think now even more so than before, they're more likely to go through with a fine tooth comb and like check everything out? I think that depends on the personality type of the person receiving it. So if they are an analytical type person, yeah, they're going to read every word in there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm more analytical than not, so I'm likely to do that and analyze it. And it, maybe not consciously, but subconsciously look at the quality of what this thing was built with, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Some people that are not, and they're more just, 
quick decision type people, that thud on the desk is all you need to support the case. That's it. Yep. You know, I want the best. Yeah, this person showed up different. They're clearly different than everyone else. Good enough. Uh, so whether or not they look at it, it's really in the recipient. We can't really control that. Uh, frankly, I don't care if they do or not. Sales rep needs to size that up pretty quick to figure out you know, what type of person they are, what their buying characteristics and patterns are, and what information they really need to make the sale. So that's more back on the sales skill side. But it becomes pretty obvious if they read it or not. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, just just get something out the door. I don't care if you have to go down to... Staple's still in business. <laughs> I don't care if you have to go to Walmart and get some oversized envelopes mm-hmm. and throw some stuff and get out the door. So I remember in, what year would it have been? Uh, 2001. I was a college student at Northern Illinois University, and I was running the DJ business. I can remember still in my dorm room assembling oversized envelope packages, getting them out in the door, you know, in between classes after I spoke with someone. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just get the damn thing done. Now, if you have more money than time, and you're a busy person, hire someone to do this. Yeah, I could think this could get really time-consuming if you're going to do a lot of them. I mean, even if you're doing sales letters, like on those, they're pretty cheap to outsource. It usually doesn't make any sense whatsoever even to have an intern do them in your office, especially if you want them out in any sort of consistency. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You you can manage that low-skilled process, or you can outsource it to a company like ours. And that sounds self-serving, but I don't care if you do them in-house or you outsource them. Yes, I would love to have the business, but just do it one way or another. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't care. If you, if you have the time to create it, create it. If you have the time to stuff the envelopes and not the money, stuff the envelopes. I certainly did mm-hmm. for a long time. Uh, and then I found a company that would do it, and now I am a company that can do it because um, there's machines that make life a lot easier <laughs> on those. Efficiency. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and again, having someone else to yell at is a lot easier than yelling at your own staff to get it done because they probably have other priorities that you also have given them. Um, but get version one done. If you need help talking through what version one is for you, hop on my calendar. Just go to profit911.biz slash consult. Just book a half hour. We'll talk to you. I'll, I'll help you. It's not a big deal. Um, you know, maybe we can help you, maybe not, but it's one of many things we do. And mailings for sure. If you're going to do a client newsletter, Almost without exception, the math works out to outsource that versus to do it in-house. Um, you may design it in-house. You may use templates we provide, or we may do it for you. But happy to help you however we can. Those three critical pieces, so recapping again, client newsletter monthly, prospecting pieces monthly and sequentially, and shock and awe packages to support you or your sales staff. Those three things in play in any business, you can almost do nothing else and you'll instantly see results. So if you have some in play, get the rest in play. If you have none, just start. Start with a newsletter. If you want a template, shoot me an email. I'll give you like one month's templates just completely for free and that might be all you need. Uh, But that's it. We'll be back with episode 20. It's taken a year to get there, (laughs) but we appreciate you listening. Give me feedback. As always, you can shoot me an email, justin at profit911 and... Maybe you'll be a guest. Maybe you'll give us a topic, but we'll keep rolling with the podcast. Thanks. Grow your service business. Visit Profit911.biz. Thank <laughs> you.
listening to the Profit 911 podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave your comments. For more information on how Profit 911 Consulting can help grow your service business, visit profit911.biz.